Go ahead. Yo, what's good, y'all? Welcome back to J and J. We're missing a part. Uh, Starting someone, Julian, celebrating an anniversary. So we had to get Ryan Benner to sub in. What's up, bro? What's up, JC? How you doing tonight? Uh, a host of the 719 Sports Show. And I'm good, bro. What about you? Uh, I see you guys killing it over there. Yeah, man. We're trying to just start something new. Hopefully, you know, hopefully the following picks up soon. Just, you know, just trying to give uh, just a different perspective on, you know, Colorado sports and just everything else going on. Yeah, I feel that. And that's why I was glad that you got that you were, you know, that you accepted to do it. You know, looking good so far. So I'm excited for you guys. We need to hop on, bro. At yeah. At some point, whenever, you, whenever they're <laughs> comfortable, me and Julian need to hop on because uh, we got no, a lot I'm, of Broncos to talk. I'm, I'm, I'm up for it. I'm, I'm down for it. Hope you're here soon. You know, maybe we can, um, maybe we can all jump on a, uh, a, a Nuggets episode soon, trying to figure out what the heck they're about to do with, with, with Tim Connolly leaving. Yeah, we could do that. But we're, we're, we're here talking about the finals. We're going to talk about the Western Conference finals. We haven't talked about it yet. I mean, we, we kind of did our last episode, me and Julian, but, you know, we didn't talk about the winner of the series. And obviously, the Celtics finally getting over the hump. And Let's go. <laughs> it was, it, I, I'm, I'm going to say this because I remember seeing that your tweet. I forgot what day it was. I think it was like middle of the Buck series. And he tweeted out Celtic Pride. Um, and I liked it, but I didn't really think anything of it. And then you're like, oh, yeah, my dad's a Celtic fan. I was like, what the fuck? Wait, how did I not know this? <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, like, up, so my, my dad, like, when he started wa- watching basketball, um, you know, was right in the middle of that, um, the Celtics-Lakers era during, during the, the Showtime era of Larry Bird and Magic Johnson. Mm-hmm. Um, he, you know, he, he, he grew up in – in Texas, and Texas is not about the route for California, so he 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 was he was gonna roll with the Celtics every single day. Um, but you know, and then like when I started watching basketball, you know the you know it was the summer of the two thousand eight finals, Celtics Lakers, if that uh yep. with with the big three with the big three for Boston, <laughs> and you know that's the that was legitimately like the first time I ever like sat down and 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 watched basketball, like, you know, like and like I've I've heard of like. Um, you know, you, being a little kid growing up, you know, you hear about Michael Jordan, like you knew who Michael Jordan was. I'm like, I knew who that yeah. part of basketball was, but Kobe, like, yeah, knew a little bit yeah, about we... Co- knew a little bit about Kobe. But like 2008, <laughs> seeing Paul Pierce, KG, you know, Ray Allen, like watching that series with my dad, like first like gorgeous series I ever watched, and seeing Boston yeah. win, I was like, okay, I got some, I got some love for the Celtics here. It's crazy because that's kind of like when I got into basketball too. It was like 2007, 2008. Uh, one of my best friends in middle school was a Celtics fan, and I was like, "All oh, right, I can go for the Celtics." Fuck it. And that's kind of how it started, and yeah, it was like I chose a perfect time to be a fan of theirs because they won the fucking championship like right after. But well, it's, yeah, it's, it's kind of crazy. It's kind of the same way. Like you know, you just kind of watch it because of somebody, and then you like them, and then it just goes from there. So. It was like you said, hell of a time. Celtics won a championship. Got you hooked. <laughs> yeah. But, um, I mean, we, we, we have to talk about this because I would just start there because, I mean, there's really nothing to talk about Warriors-Mavericks as, as it, far as that series goes. That was a, that was a blowout. It, um, it, it, it is what it is. I mean, the Mavs fans can think they had a chance. They never had a chance. The, the one, what, I honestly thought they did. I now, honestly thought they did just because of Luka because I thought it was going to kind of be similar to – you know, Giannis last year, like how he elevated, 
his game. I know they're two completely different players, but just the way Luca was looking, I was like, I feel like he could give these Warriors a run for their money. And, you know, he did, but nobody else stepped to the plate. So that's why he was kind of in no man's land. But I mean, um, my, my thought was it's, it's not Luca. I don't think Luca's the fault. I think what it is is just yeah, like, of course not. I like, I think like this is honestly, I think this is the deepest um, we've ever seen Golden State have a roster for a while. And, yeah. and you know, that a lot, like, like I said, a lot of Mavs fans were saying like, game one that you know oh you know they they blew us out but you know now like we've seen everything so like dallas can can <laughs> can get on it's like no the, it's not that you you saw everything you don't have a chance now it's like golden state knew what they could do to you and how yeah. easily they can do it and it was just it was just business as usual for them from there on out for the rest of the series yeah i have a lot to say about dallas but we'll say that for the offseason but um celtics man i mean i don't know about you this series went on way longer than it had to. It honestly should have been a sweep. Uh, the first four games, the Heat only won two quarters. It's like, come on, yeah. bro. Like that. There's no way this should have went seven. They should have closed it out in six. Obviously, they couldn't step up to the plate. Jimmy had another crazy game. But game seven, towards the end, I'm like, come on, bro. Like You guys can – I hate when they do that. They slow it down. They wait until there's like seven seconds on the shot clock and then they run their offense. It's like, you guys are going to get terrible looks all the time. Like, just run your offense normal and you'll kill them. You guys were already up 13 at that point. Well, like three minutes left. Then that's the biggest thing I've, I've, like, I don't understand what the, like, why the Celtics have this approach in this, in this year's postseason. You know, this wasn't like, I didn't even see this in um, the first series against Brooklyn. Like, like they, like, in my opinion, when they played Brooklyn, they just handled and handled their business entirely. There was no issues there. But it's like with Milwaukee, you know, it's seen once they got like a 15 to 25 point lead, they were pulling up. It's like, all right, we can just dribble it out now. It's like, no, you, you can't do that. These teams are too good. And have too many super. They have significant players on them. That if you give them a chance, they're going to erase that twenty-five point lead. We saw with I. We, there, there was multiple times it happened in the Milwaukee series that ended up going seven games, and Boston sneaks out with it. You know, happened happened again in the Miami series. Like 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 you said, in the first two games, Miami won maybe two quarters. They yeah, first four games. I mean, besides the, I mean, game three, they they just choked that game. Right, that was. A, that was one of the biggest choke jobs I've seen. And obviously game five, Milwaukee was pretty bad, but like they had that game and like they, it was basically the Patriots versus the Dolphins with how physical that game was. It was just a football game. And it is like the thing to me the, is like for that game one is like going into halftime, they were up by 25. Yeah. I specifically remember that all of a sudden that third quarter happens where Miami drops 30. And it was like 22 to two run. And then yeah. the game was over basically. And it was just like, well, you, you're not going to do anything at that point because then yeah. they, had, they had no motivation in the fourth quarter. Like they, they bounced back a little bit in the fourth quarter where Miami had just, just ran with it, you know, game two, they had to, they stole a win in Miami and then, you know, game three kind of get their ass kicked a little bit. And then, you know, game yeah. four, five, six, and seven go back and forth. Yeah, I mean, like I said, the, 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 this should have been over in four and five, and they need that rest. I mean, this team, since game three of Milwaukee, they've only had one day rest in between games. No, so, they're kind of they're kind of grasping for air right now. It's a yeah, they're they're gassed right now. You can tell you can tell like certain times in the game, 
where none of them can hit shots. And I don't feel like that's just because, oh, they're, they're just not feeling it. Like, no, like Grant Williams from game seven of Milwaukee just doesn't look the same. I feel like they're all tired. Obviously, Rob can't stay on the court for more than 20 minutes because he start going out. Yeah. And Smart, I mean, he's limping you know, majority of the time because of that foot sprain, which I thought he broke his foot. I, that series would have been over. I, I broke it. So. I, I, I had a few people that were watching and they texted me. I was like, I'm, they even thought, I'm pretty sure Marcus Smart just broke his ankle. And yeah. the, the, way, the way it looked, the, the, way, the way it went underneath him, I was like, that's, that's, not, that's not fun. That that's yeah. uh, that's ugly as hell. But yeah, um, but even even with all of that, the fact that I saw triple zero, I saw Al Horford throw the ball up, and they finally got over that hump. I was like, you know what? I'm not gonna nitpick. It should have been over, but the fact that they finally did it after all these years, and the one that hurt the most, and I know people would be like, it was LeBron. Like, don't I don't know why you're so upset. But you have to think that team was so ahead of schedule 2018. Like, who knows what would have happened if that young team would have went to the finals that year. I mean, probably the Warriors would have won. But I feel like they had a deeper team than Cleveland. But nobody could hit a shot in that game. And I was like, man, fuck. And then when they lost to Miami in the bubble, I was like, this is probably the last chance for a while. We're probably going to be in this situation, especially with what was going on with the team. Obviously, Brad kind of lost the locker room at that point. And... You know, now seeing it, it's like, oh, my God. Like, I, I can't believe they're in this situation. But, man, it just feels like I, – I, I remember at the end of the game, I just had to, like, let out a sigh of relief. I'm like, holy shit. Like, finally. I know it's not the championship, but it's progress. It's something. It's it's absolutely something. It's, it's definitely progress. Um, I mean, there, there's a couple things, like, you know, kind of going over what you just said. 2018, I'm always going to hold a grudge to Kyrie for all that. Um <clears throat> Like that's that's where I have beef with Kyrie. I know a lot of Celtics fans have beef with Kyrie for eighteen and nineteen. How that all played out and him ending up leaving. There's a lot of there's still bad taste in, in Celtic fans' mouth because of that. Um, twenty twenty, the bubble's the bubble. That's that's really how I played it off. Is you know I I don't give much credit to the Lakers. I I still call it a Mickey Mouse ring for a reason. You know it's I I play off the bubble as it is. Um, the, the one thing I disagree with, I don't know if Stevens like truly lost the, the locker room as more of just like, I think Danny Ainge just had no idea where he wanted to take this team. Oh, don't get me started with Danny Ainge. I, I feel like, like coaching wise, it's kind of like he couldn't get on those guys like Udoka got on them. That's why I feel like they kind of turned, turned it around because Udoka from the first since they signed him, he was just kind of like, man, these guys, all they do is turn the ball over their soft, this and that. And you would think in this NBA, like, that's not going to work. You can't call these players out. They're sensitive. But it works. Oh, that to me, I was like, okay, like, Stevens, to me, kind of was just – he was just kind of babying those players, and they, he kind of lost them in a way. That's kind of like Vogel with the Lakers, but a, different, yeah. a little different. Well, I, I think what the difference is of it is just, like, I think Stevens, on his mindset, he – Stevens has, a, like, his – like his basketball mind is tremendous. And mm-hmm. you know, that's why I absolutely love having him in the front office as GM now replacing Danny Ainge, because now I have a solid chance of watching the NBA draft and knowing the Celtics aren't guaranteed to draft a small forward for the 12th year in a row. Um, because that's all Danny Ainge wanted to do was draft small forwards that can play power forward or shooting guards. Like there's a lot of other positions you could be looking at right now, but oh, yeah. 
but that's the thing. It's like, I think Stevens has the intellectual to be that front office guy where, as you were saying, you know, we now have aggression on, on the court, you know, they, like I think one of the quotes to me, you know, today was him telling uh, Marcus Smart, like I, the last time he turned it over and I think in game seven, he looked at Marcus Smart and was like, what the fuck are you doing? But that was his exact words. Like, what the fuck are you doing? Be lead this team. Be you know, play the position you know you can play. Yeah, it's like you you know that type of coaching has not been is not like majority in the NBA now. And I think it's mm-hmm. you, like you said, like some players kind of get are weak about it and get and get upset. Yeah, <clears throat> and like you said, his Brad Stevens' basketball mind. I mean, he just showed it as a GM. Josh Richardson, when they acquired him, even though they traded him ultimately, he still fit what they wanted to do. Mm-hmm. And they got the upgrade in Derek White. And look at what Derek White's doing for this team now. Like most of the time, he's kind of running the offense. He's going aggressively to the basket now, which Milwaukee, he was scared to shoot the ball. Ever since he had that baby, he's just a different person. So, yeah. Um, but hey, yeah, like you said, Brad Stevens, coaching wise, is, yeah, but like, his, just his basketball nerdiness about everything and knowing what he wants to do and how to build a team. He's going mean, to get into it. Yeah, a, a, like an A++++ plus 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 over Danny Age is what he's been doing the past couple years. With My God. And, <laughs> but um, now, like, moving forward into the finals, you know, previewing it, I, I've seen a lot of these, you know, quote-unquote, you know, TV pundits and correspondents saying, you know, if you're betting against the Warriors, you're, you don't know basketball and this and that. But I'm looking at the wings that the Celtics have and all the defense they have to throw at Curry and Clay and Poole. I like the Celtics' chances against that. I feel like if they played Miami in the finals, Warriors would have won in five. Like, that was that wouldn't even been a series. So, I'm – I think I, you know, I'll say this. I do think the Celtics have a chance. I legitimately think they have a chance, but I think I think it's going to have to be another seven game series. I think this they're going to have mm-hmm. to go, going to have to go the distance to get it done. Hundred percent. The the Warriors are too good of a team right now, and like I mentioned, their depth is the best it's been in years. That there's there's that Boston's going to have to give everything they have and play like out of their mind defense like they've been playing this postseason too to combat it. And it's, again, I think it's going to go truly seven games and it's going to, it's going to come down to those final, that final fourth quarter in Oakland um, in game seven to decide who's going, who's winning this NBA championship. Mm-hmm. And I think like the rest right now that they're getting, obviously the first couple of games is not going to look, you know, too spectacular, but this team has been through every mental like battle they've been through the past three years, they got over it. They beat the Nets. They swept them. They beat the Bucks, who whooped them. I mean, they whooped them in 2020, in 20, I think, 19 it was. And then they beat the Heat, who obviously got the best of them. Tyler Hero got the best of them in the bubble. So they're tough now. Like, they have the toughness. They have the depth. I, I, I ultimately think Celtics win the series in six or seven. I mean – they can do the mental mistakes that they've been doing. Like, they, they actually have to know how to dribble the ball up the court. Like, they can't turn the ball over every other possession against these Warriors because Steph will punish them every time out. No, I mean, like, I mean, going like backpacking off that immediately, like, Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown had a combined 55 turnovers in this last oh, series. Yeah, you, yeah you, it was bad. 
that's atrocious. There's it's a it's honestly at some point it's a miracle how they were like beating Miami at certain points with that many turnovers. Like you can, like you said, Steph's going to eat them alive if they, if they do that. Mm-hmm. It's like you, you know, and th- th- like you said, like you don't want to nitpick. I'm going to nitpick a little bit. You like, you got to fix those turnovers. You can take your two superstars cannot have a combined over 50 turnovers or else you're going to get your ass kicked by this Warriors team at the same yeah. time. At the same time, I Marcus smart. If for some reason you are listening to this podcast, Please stop shooting threes and just play defense and pass the ball. Because anytime Marcus Smart shoots a three, I hold my breath and, and panic a little bit. Because if it goes in, he's going to just keep shooting threes, shooting threes until yeah. thinking he's going to make it. And he's not a three-point shooter. I'm sorry, Marcus Smart is not a three-point shooter, and he's not going to be. Yeah, the thing with him is he kind of reverts back to his old ways every now and then. Like, game seven, like you said, I was like, oh, my God. Like, bro, stop. Like, I know you're getting the looks, but, like, penetrate. You have all that space to do something with the ball. Like, as soon as you penetrate, you can kick it out to somebody else or get an and one, get a foul, get something. But That's what I was about to say. I'd rather have Marcus Smart drive it and try to draw the foul, which he's exceptionally good at. Because he – like, Smart put so many – like, he put Giannis in foul trouble so many times – in that in the mm-hmm. Milwaukee series when he was driving, that there were so many times that like, if he would have just drove, he could either probably find Tatum or Brown open on the, and you, you know, out for a three point shot, or he's going to draw that foul going up. He's yeah. he's too he's too good just to be pulling up at the arc and shooting threes. No, for sure, and you know, like you said, I I I, I hold my breath till my arm like that. Please, like it's a lose lose kind of if he makes it or misses it because if he misses it. It's either going to clank off the front of the rim and then they got transition going or, or it's going to be it's going to bounce up high and then we're going to get it over the back call. And, you know, it's, it's just a lose lose because then he gets irrational confidence and he just starts jacking him up all game. Like, it's nice when he hits him. Don't get me wrong. But yeah, like man, hey, I get what you're saying. Like, he just it gets in his head and he's like, oh, I can hit the shot every time I pull up. Like, hold up. No, you can't stop. Like no, but, if if he's hot, if he's the hot man that night, where he's gonna make a shot. Like there was a, like obviously there was a couple times in both the Brooklyn series and the Milwaukee series that he was the hot, the hot hand. I was yeah. like, yeah, take those shots. But you know, nine out of ten times he's not gonna be the hot hand unless he's driving in and drawing the foul. Yeah. So let's let's talk about the Warriors side of things. What's a matchup that you like for them to where you think they're gonna attack? You know, a certain player or you know, the way this team goes about their defense. Like, where do you think the Warriors are going to thrive, you know, running their offense? Rebounding. Um, I just – it's, like, for me, it's – like, I, I, it's, it's hard for me to narrow down an a, a exact matchup because I have no idea who's going to match up on who and how that's going to look. But I think the one thing that's, that's uh, you know, steps out to me is just the, the – um, just the absolute tremendous job the Warriors have been doing at just rebounding, not just defensively, but offensively. I, you know, I think. Correct me if I'm wrong. You know, I think I was reading a stat today. The the Warriors were averaging eight offensive rebounds a game against the Mavs. That's yeah, but I I kind of that I nitpicked that one because the Mavs were just too small. Like they couldn't play Bobon, they couldn't play Dwight Powell. They were just small, and that. The thing about the Warriors, too, like, yeah, they're going to be fresh. They, they have all this rest. But can you point to an opponent that you're like, 
oh man, that was a tough series. Like that's they're battle tested now. Like Morant got hurt in the second round. Then the Nuggets, all they had was Jokic. Like it was literally Jokic or nothing, which is it was the Nuggets all year, but and then Dallas, it was just Luca or nothing. So I'm looking at this team, I'm kind of like, <clears throat> like, yeah, it's the Warriors. They've been here before. And that's what scares me the most is their experience. But as far as like being tested in these playoffs, I'm not really too worried about them because they haven't really played anybody. Well, I mean, for, for me, I think, you know, obviously, obviously the big three, you know, Draymond, Steph, and Clay, like they have, like, obviously they have the some ridiculous finals experience. But it's like, even yeah. like, but it's again, like I mentioned before, it's players, it's the depth they have. I mean, you know, Otto Porter, Jordan Poole, Kevon Looney. I mean, like, I think. Have, I think Looney himself, like Looney's actually one that like, I think is going to be an absolute challenge for both Horford and Robert Williams. Like going back to the, going back to rebounding, he's been absolutely tremendous in this postseason when it, when it's getting both the, not getting the defensive boards. He, you know, he's, he's, he's produced a lot of second looks on the offensive side as well, but he's also just defensively, he's just playing tremendous ball and in, in getting, and in getting the boards that you absolutely need. And, you know, it's going to be, you know, one thing for me is that I'm like, I'm worried about Yeah, I wouldn't say worried about it. It's really interesting to watch is Horford was drawing a pretty, a handful of over the back fouls getting for the yeah. rebound. I think Looney's going to, you know, step it up. He's probably going to draw a few extra on Horford because Hor- Horford can't help but be aggressive going for the rebound. Mm-hmm. You know, and I feel like they were mostly on Lowry though. Lowry, I can't stand watching that guy play. Like he's just, you want to, everybody complains about Marcus Smart. Like Lowry is just one of the worst at faking contact. So they they are I mean, probably, we'll they are probably the two worst. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Like I'm not saying Marcus is any better, but the way Lowry just manipulates the refs is like, bro, like how are you how are you still calling this garbage? So to me, I feel like it, it's all going to depend on on uh, Time Lord on his health, and it it sucks to say that we have to rely on him so much, but. With him healthy, these playoffs would be completely different. I mean, yeah, they swept the Nets, but the Nets didn't really have any other option besides Kyrie and KD. But, like, Rob, his defensive presence alone is just what really changes everything. Like, you could tell when Rob was out there in the Miami series, bam, there was he, he looked like a – yeah, he looked like a deer in headlights. He didn't want to drop to the basket. He's like, no way. I'm going to get blocked. So – like Looney, yeah, I'll, I'll worry about him when Horford's on him. But like when Williams is on him and all that, like Rob, defensively, like getting to the boards, I feel like we still kind of have the advantage there. But like I said, it's that experience. It's that when it comes down to the fourth quarter and you have a lead, don't let up. Like they cannot do that dumb shit against the Warriors. It's, no, it's a wrap. It's a wrap if they do that. It's it's yeah. I mean, it, it, it's hard to put it our way. It's like. It's just you. They got to take better control of the ball. They got to take yep. better. They got to take better shots. You know, I think one of like I think one of the things that always sent to me is just like going back to the Brooklyn series. Like I know Brooklyn outside of Katie and and Kyrie, like they didn't have much, but just the absolute perfect and beautiful fundamental basketball that the Celtics were playing. You know, six six to seven passes before they were even taking their shot, finding the best shot possible. That was beautiful, and it just showed mm-hmm. like how they were absolutely dominating um dominating brooklyn and then 
I know you have to change up your game plan when you go against a different opponent. Like Milwaukee, it almost feels like they completely abandoned that and was just like, we're going to yeah. completely rely on the fast break and, you know, try to get fans of it and just try to, you know, try to find the right move. And it's like, you know, play fundamental <laughs> basketball. You're going to find mm-hmm. the right dude open. And, you know, it's, I don't know. I, I, I think Boston is the deep defensively is the better team, but it's also hard to ignore offensively what the Warriors are capable of. And so yeah. it's like you, I think one of the biggest things is if Boston can go back to like the, the absolute perfection of fundamental basketball, they were playing against Brooklyn. It's going to be interesting to see if they can, if that's going to make a difference you know, instead of oh, just, will, instead will. of just relying on the fast break. That'll make a huge difference. Cause, and like I said earlier, I don't like when they run their offense with majority of the shot clock already gone. Like they yeah. need to, they need to just play. They don't, no matter what the score is, just get good looks, get to the line. When they get to the line, I mean, you saw the differential with, with them in Miami. Like every other game, they were shooting like 12 to 13 more free throws than Miami was. Mm-hmm. Like they did, nobody they were, can stay, stay toe to toe with them. Like when they drive, I'm like, talking about the Jays, Tatum and Brown. Yeah. Well, I mean, the games five, six, and seven, they were getting in, in, in the second half, they were getting in the bonus fast. And you yeah. know, that, that, that goes right back to it. It's like they were driving and drawing the fouls, you know, going, you know, going for the points in the paint. You don't, you know, it goes back to he playing fundamental basketball. You don't have to. I know it's it's going to be tempting to shoot the threes because of Curry and Clay, but mm-hmm. you can easily beat them if you draw the fouls, play in the paint, get the rebounds, and just play Celtic basketball. Yeah. One thing I'm going to be interested in how the Warriors defend Tatum and Brown is who's Wiggins going to guard? Because Wiggins, this playoffs, I mean, he's just. A whole, he's a different player. I don't even recognize his Andrew Wiggins. He, he he's he's been something else, man. It's been fun to see. Yeah, and I, you know I'm I'm happy for him, and he's he's doing good. And from the Minnesota days, and you know being traded from Cleveland up right, right out of his rookie year. <laughs> so, so like him doing what he's doing, I'm interested to see who they throw on who. They're gonna get Gary Payton Jr. back in this series, which is huge. I mean that his defensive presence, he's just as annoying as Marcus Smart. So. Yeah, I mean, I'm I'm curious to see who he goes at. Obviously, he's coming off a broken elbow, so we'll see how much they throw him out there. But well, I mean, this is gonna be a grueling series, man. This is gonna. Be, I I think ultimately it goes to seven, but I feel like the Celtics have the capability of getting him out in six. But they should have done it in Miami. They didn't. So I mean, I would like I said, seven is ultimately where it's gonna land. And that fourth quarter, we'll just see. I want to see how they. Every game, I'm going to be watching it closely to see how they run their fourth quarter stuff. Exactly. I mean, I think for me, and and this is something I thought about today. If if we can get at least one in in Golden in, in Oakland in these first two games, if we can get one there, we're going to be fine. Mm-hmm. If you know, if 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 we're if we go into games three and four with a, with a, with a series tied, you know, like it's on. You know, it's we like the obviously best case scenario is we sneak both away in, in Golden State. Um, you know, you imagine I, I would be extremely happy. TD Garden in game three would be nuts. Like be, the crowd, like, oh my god. <laughs> well, and obviously, that's best case scenario. Um, for me, like, I, I, I like you're probably gonna disagree with me. I think. I think Warriors win game one just because of the break they've had. No, and, I think they got game one for sure. 
Yeah, I think just the break that they have in Boston's coming off another game seven. I think Warriors are just too fresh right yeah. now. But um, if Boston can get game two and, then, and going back into TD Garden with, with a dub, it's going to, you know, it's a series. No. Yeah, it's going to be interesting. I want to see how, like, they're, they always, they're like the, one of the best bounce back teams in the league right now. I mean, just the way they, they adjust game to game. After a loss, I mean that that I, I haven't seen that in a while. Like, obviously, we haven't seen teams you know lose games the way they lose, but like the way like some games they look god awful, and then the next game they just blow you out by twenty. I'm like, what the fuck? Where was this at last game? Like, but there's multiple times. Crazy. Yeah, there's been multiple times where in this postseason world, it's starting the Milwaukee series where they get their absolute ass kicked, and then they just turn around and just. Just beat them by twenty. I was like, "What? Why? Why could you not do this on a consistent basis? What is the fucking problem?" Yeah, like when when they lost Game Three to Miami, I was like, "Oh fuck!" Like <laughs> this is gonna be tougher than I thought. And then they fucking smoke them in Game Four and Game Five. They let they held them to eighty points. Man, this is a wrap. Game Six. Game Six. Yeah, it's like it's crazy how much of a roller coaster ride they are, but. I, I still think they can pull this out. And I know Julian's probably listening to this, like, get the fuck out of here. They're going <laughs> to fucking lose to the Warriors. Like, I already hear him. So I, I know he's going to pick the Warriors. And this is sounding like when I was picking against his Rams this past postseason. Time and time again, I would have a reason on why I'm not going with the Rams. And they would prove me wrong. I think this is going to be the same thing with the Celtics with him. Because he was on the fence of picking Miami. And... He ultimately went the other way. But I remember he was like, Milwaukee's going to – he's going to – they're going to beat him. Don't even worry about it. The Celtics are going to the Eastern Conference Final. I don't know if you listened to that episode. I'm like, bro, like, this team is a lot deeper and a lot more of a problem than you think. He's like, nah, they're going to lose. And then Miami's like, <laughs> they're, they're a lot more troubling than they are, which they were. I'm not going to say they weren't, but, you know, I just think this is going to be true J&J listeners know. I picked against his Rams every game. Besides the Cardinals, I, I picked the Rams to beat them. That was not even a game. But after that, I was like, nah, the Bucks are going to beat them. I was like, nah, the 49ers are going to beat them, which both of those teams almost did. And then, you know, they won the Super Bowl. And he's like, I told you, I told you. I was like, okay, like, you're right. I feel like it's going to be the same exact thing right here. Well, you know, it, it's also funny, like, as, as, this, as the Miami series would go on, um, you know, Julian would, Julian would come into the, into the office, uh, Boston 5, uh, Celtics 6. Something seven. <laughs> he he just was he was just flopping. It's because one because one of the guys one of the new guys we work with he's he's a Miami fan so he'd be like yo, something six, something seven. <laughs> yeah, wow. I'm 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 interested to see who he. I mean I know who he probably has the Warriors in six, but I just think I, this I, team the I can, depth. I can quote that yeah. that he he does because when we were we were talking the other day about it, he you know I, I turned him, I was like yo Celtics and Celtics and seven and he was like yep and then Warriors and six and that's his that's his exact worst mm. thing. Hey, you better put your money where your mouth is, Julian. We'll make a bet. So, he still owes me for the draft, the draft, the mock draft, and all that. So. Hey, I paid you, so you can't take anything against <laughs> nah, me. Yeah, no, no, I'm not saying you. <laughs> he owes you. <laughs> Well, I mean, but, um, my my official prediction, I'll say this, Celtics and seven. That's my call. Yeah. I, I'm going to ride with you, bro. I, I hope six, but I think it's going to be in seven. It's just, this, is just a, this is just a good road team, man. This is one of mm-hmm. the best road playoff runs we've seen since, I would say, 2000 Lakers. 
mm. when they went 16 and one in the playoffs. I mean, this is like, I know they lost a couple of games more than they did, but on the road, I mean, this team, That's I don't a, know what it is. Home court does not matter to this team. They're like, whatever, we'll just fucking send your ass home in your court. So that's a, bold, like that's a bold comparison on your end, though. I would just say not not dominance. That's I mean that I'm just saying like the way they, they play on the road. I mean, bro, they're blowing these motherfuckers out on the road. I don't I get know. It. I, I know. I'm not saying down look, Shaq and Kobe's like stop. I'm not comparing <laughs> anybody to that. Uh, all right, as long as we're clear on that. And, People were comparing Harden and Embiid to Shaq and Kobe. Like, stop it. No, I'm not, never going to do close. that. It's not even close. I'm not right. going to disrespect those two. Those two are the one of the it, one of, if not the greatest one-two punch in NBA history. I'm just saying the playoff record. That's it. That there's no other comparison other than that. So, fair, fair. We'll just leave it there before Lakers fans uh, start storming the the comment section. <laughs> there you go. Oh. But. All right, bro. We'll, we'll we'll talk again soon about all this shit. Um, I don't know if you have anything else to say. I'll give you a give the floor right now before we close it out. No, I mean, I got nothing more in the series. Like I said, Celtics and seven. You know, Celtic pride. Mm-hmm. Let's let's. I think it's be a tremendous series. Um, the only other thing I can say is, you know, you know, if if you guys love sports and you know love the J and J show, you know, come check out our show seven one nine sports. You know, Jay Z's always posting us, so keep an eye on anytime we have new episodes. Hey, I, I sometimes I can't even keep up with how many episodes they're posting. So go ahead and follow them. They got a Twitter page. Go follow Ryan. I'll put all their social medias down below. Like I, like he just said, go go listen to the Seven One Nine Sports Show. You got if you don't believe us, go ahead listen for yourself and you'll you'll be amazed. So. Hey, we're right in the middle of the NHL playoffs, guys. You know Colorado Avalanche twenty first time twenty years being the Western Conference Final. So if you're a Colorado Colorado sports fan, it's perfect time to listen. Yep. Yes, sir. So make sure to follow our social medias. Do a five-star rating. We'll catch you in the next one. Peace. Peace.